Benefield. Hello. And flying in from the North Pole off the top rope is Chad. Chad, welcome back. Thank you. It's glad to be here. Yes, it's exciting. We got the three man pod going once again for this holiday season. We are um, yes. all isolated, quarantined, and drinking. So cheers to everyone out there listening along. How are and, you fellas and, uh, doing? And a strange twist, I'm not drinking. What? So I'm a liar. Right off the bat, I'm right? a liar. Yeah. I'm always the one making the clanks, but... Well, I'm making up for your loss, so... Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm trying to clank my whiskey stones here together, but it's not working, so... <laughs> what does that mean? Exactly. exactly. It's a euphemism for so <laughs> Come much. Come on now. <laughs> Hey now. It's too early in the podcast for that, Mike. We can't even off, clank his strong. whiskey stones anymore. You whipped it out too soon. I'm an old man. <laughs> whiskey stones are dangling low. <laughs> uh, How are we? Eh. <laughs> bored? So COVID, bored. COVID fatigue? Oh, so bored. I'm, I'm so just... bored, guys. I'm I'm tired. You're so bored yeah. you joined this podcast. Right. I did. I'm like, I'll do it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Fine. It's either that or sit in the dark. <laughs> Which I am still doing. Is that where we watch the Irishman downstairs? It is, but this oh. is in the jam room. So oh, okay. but the jam room doesn't have good light. It just has a lamp and it's actually Yeah, so we I just have a I just have a single lamp. I don't like the overhead light in here, so I just have that on. So sorry, I, I look a little uh, dark in the um, video feed. It's witness protection program lighting is what you have right now. It is here. I can turn on the overhead light. You can see. That's and not you can, That's you can worse. describe that. That's terrible. Here. That's terrible. Yeah. Just, <laughs> turn that back. It's on. just like a glare. <laughs> the listener, can we just be clear? That's not my face. That's worse. It's just the lighting around it. Right? I mean, some I listener know. just drove off the road just from <laughs> from that light being turned on. From my, from my face to the light. <laughs> I think the light. It was the light. I had a little nose surgery earlier this year, so I'm just a little, I'm a little self-conscious. So Right. So we have a few topics that we're spitballing here. One is kind of a, a throwback to a previous episode where we were talking about this musical vault, which I think the holiday music plays directly into that. So we're going to get into that a little bit. I think also there's always some Mandalorian talk we can get into and all the Disney news that was released last week, which uh, Chris looks like he's falling asleep, but we could talk about that. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, you started off, Chris, by playing some holiday music. I did. You did. And I think the holiday music is fascinating because for the most part, although you might beg to differ, Everyone accepts that here are some songs we're going to listen to one month out of the year, 
and then we're going to put them away. We're not going to bring them back out. And then 11 months later, they're all new and fresh again, which is a basically a theory we ran with in a previous episode of like some songs should just be retired for a while and it would, right, to, it would make, make them, them better. Yeah. 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 So this, uh, this provides a perfect example of how that works. I, well, I would say that it provides an imperfect example because there are still some songs that can't go away long enough. They get played at Christmas every year. Example. Well, uh, that sounded like I, a threat. <laughs> I, <laughs> I personally don't really ever need to hear Mariah Carey or Michael <laughs> Bublé. Just what? my personal opinion. Come on. I mean, the Mariah, I, okay, it's overplayed, but that Mariah Carey song is a jam. I'm going to stand by it. That All whole album Christmas is you. awesome. I haven't listened to the album. I haven't gone that deep, but <laughs> but I do hear the song a lot. Uh, is there more on the album? I'll go to it now. I'm going to look it up on Spotify and take it. I know that's a jam. Just because uh -huh. it's got that wall of sound. I just still of remember the, the cover of her in this red Christmas suit and snow looking. Yeah, oh, now well, we're down to the bottom of, uh, in 85% of why Mike likes the record. Yeah, it's the album cover, <laughs> not the album. I celebrate the whole experience. Mike, Mike has a gatefold <laughs> first is, edition copy. Is there that... Velcro involved in the album? I don't know. <laughs> Listen, you don't have much like the whiskey stones. You don't have to take it to a place it doesn't need to go. Okay, I'm, I'm viewing the album now. I'm just seeing what else is on here. So you've heard all of these songs, I would imagine. I only ever hear the first jam. That all I want for Christmas is you. Like that's the only one I ever hear from her. They play other ones. Well, who is they? <laughs> just reminded me of the robot chicken thing. Where Palpatine's like, who's they? He's like, they blew up the Death Star. He's like, who's they? <laughs> uh, Radio stations, so, me, people. I don't know. I guess. I, I'm, all right, fine. I'm just looking at the, I'm looking at the album cover now, and you are correct about this red dress. That is a, or is that a, is it pants? It's like a snow I don't know if it's a it's dress. Like a snow bunny suit. It's, it is a snow suit. Yes, it's it's fetching, as we say in the business. So, um. But yeah, Chris, you're so you're, you're, you're out on Mariah Carey and you're out on yeah, the out. Blue Belay. Uh, I was never in on the Blue Belay. So I, I have my I'm own. I'm more of a Harry Connick Jr. fan. I feel like Blue Belay is trying to ride his coattails. And I just, you know, I don't have that much time for it. Really? I'm not against him. He's fine. But I feel like me, I, pray, I Pray on Christmas by Harry Connick Jr. And that, that song hits Wait. you hard. Hold on. I pray on Christmas like you, like like a like a vampire or I pray. What was I the mean, song title? Chris is but the DJ in here and he's asleep at the wheel. He could bring it up and we could all you know experience it. I could, but I don't want to. I, I pray on Christmas sounds like a misfit song, which I would be into. <laughs> That's now that I'm going to look for. <laughs> Misfits Christmas album. I am all in on. I mean, I can play it through my phone and it's going to sound terrible, but apparently Mr. DJ streamer has a new process, which has good quality audio. We'll yeah. see. 
He's looking right. at Misfits Christmas right now. <laughs> I am looking at Misfits Christmas. It's got to be out there, right? You're going to find Island of Misfit Toys is what you're going to find. There is a Glenn Danzig Christmas song. It needs to be on my... Oh, my God. <laughs> is there a Danzig Christmas song? Because it let me know. I've never looked for one. This just hit my brain just in the last minute. There you go. Wow. That's worth every penny. <laughs> now you're glad you came on the episode. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, I'm saving that. So um, I, I don't know. I'm I, I, When it comes to Christmas, Christmas music, I feel like everybody is a player. There's, I mean, the one song that I can get rid of permanently is Santa got run over. Grandma got grandma grandma ran got over the Santa, yeah. whatever. I don't. That song. I think that is a song by the Misfits. Santa got run over by a reindeer. Then I'll listen to it. (laughs) Grandma got run over the reindeer. I don't care about. But Santa getting run over the reindeer, I think that's a little more. There's a a story there. The reindeer got pissed. You know, he was driving them too hard. You know, they faked a something happened in the sky. They landed. What is it about that song that it's just too kitschy? It's it's awful. It's awful, and the there's no the musician. I mean, this is terrible. It's just it a, goes not. in the uh, Dominic the Donkey Christmas shoes category of I I never ever need to ever hear it. Like there's no vaulting them for me. They're just yeah. You know. Dominic the Donkey is a banger. Period. <laughs> I don't know. It's I don't. Not, I, I gotta admit. You gotta play know. it because Chad has not heard it. Oh Jesus! I don't yes. want to, buddy. But. Yeah. He needs to hear. He's going to turn black pressing the button. Uh-huh. He's our guest. There's people out in the I don't know public that maybe have not heard it. Well, it's because you're not from New Jersey. Uh, well, <laughs> point for me. Hey. <laughs> These are fighting words. Hey, it's Dominic the Donkey. It sounds now I wish the light was on so I could see Chad's face. You gotta turn it up. I mean, everyone. At, oh, now you want to turn. Everyone up. at home has to be able to celebrate. Every time it's something I want to hear, you're like doing the thumbs down on the camera. Oh, good lord. The cutest little donkey. You never see him kick. Wait, see? Oh, it's bad. Because the reindeer cannot climb the hills of Italy. Here it comes. It's Dominic the donkey. Oh. Wait, big finish. You get the gist. Oh, yeah. And that is the amount of time I will spend listening to Dominic the Donkey this Christmas season. See, that just falls right into the... There's that that camp of, of novelty songs, and I cannot abide... The novelty. I can listen to a novelty song once. Come on, that's like a scene in The good. Godfather, basically. Like you could just plug that need, into one of the movies. Need a healthy dose of nostalgia for that to uh, be on your list of Christmas songs. Yeah, and even then, I I don't know. I can I can take it or leave it. But, but so where think, where do you fall on Snoopy versus the Red Baron? Well, that that's kind of but that's kind of fun. That was a Christmas song. Seems it's novelty a, a though. Christmas song. 
Well, it is, but it's I don't know Snoopy. I think I think Snoopy and Charlie Brown. There's something. There's a little more. I, I have to say, there's, the a little more art, special, there's a little more art to it. Jazz music, no, but, but the versus the Red Baron, which is a different tune. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like there's a little more art to it. Okay. Maybe, but I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy. But Charlie yeah. Brown seems that a little a, a little more endearing than. I don't know, Dominic the Donkey. Maybe there's a great cartoon special. Maybe there's a 50-year catalog of, you know, great cartoons and psychological pain embedded <laughs> into those cartoons like Charles Schultz. But I don't know. Uh, but maybe Dominic the Donkey has a dark side like Charles Schultz and that's woven into the Charlie Brown stuff. But No disco duck. It's Disco Duck. Yeah, it's. I used to love Disco Duck when I was six. Me so. too. <laughs> so how this all started was Chris and I on on the social medias got into a discussion about Last Christmas. Right. The Wham. Phenomenon Jam. from the I don't even know what year in the eighties, early eighty three maybe. 85, I believe. Yeah, I think it's a little later, like 85. 85, okay. yeah. 86, 85. So there's this whole thing of Whamageddon, which are you familiar with this, Chad? No. So Whamageddon is something that people play every year where you have to go through the month of December without hearing Last Christmas. And if you hear it, then you're out. And it's kind of like this last person standing, like in a group of friends who can last the longest through Whamageddon, which sort of at, at its premise is that Last Christmas is a terrible song that needs to be avoided. I'd be out December 1st because I intentionally listen to it and play it, and Chris chimed in with, how did you phrase it? I don't remember. Something along the lines of it being a Stone Cold classic, but I don't Right, you were like, wait, it. are people under the impression that this isn't a Stone Cold classic? <laughs> I, I completely is, agree. That it's a, no, I believe it. I think it is a Stone Cold classic. I am okay. a, I am on the Wham bandwagon. All right. The, I'm glad uh, we're all in agreement here. The the synths that come in, I mean, the music video alone is just, oh, that's just a... George Michael just making eyes at the camera. I French mean, kiss. Good luck. That's just, oh, the makeup, the eyes, the snow, the Swiss chalet. I have no idea where they are. It's just, it's just beautiful. You know, I'll play and she's Dominic. so deceived. She's so deceived by him. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a whole undercurrent and subtext to the whole thing. Man, I, I get to go back and watch now. Oh, gosh. Just like, you don't know what you're, you're getting into. It's just a whole bunch of heartache with that boy, you know, because he's not on your team. You know, it's just fantastic. <laughs> so, <laughs> And people didn't know. People didn't know. Well, That's I knew. Right about it. I knew. Well, you, I remember we when... All, Wake Me Up came out, and that video was on, and all the girls in my fourth grade class all bought their shirts, and they were all drooling about And you were doing Michael. the Chris tilted head. Hmm. And I was in fourth grade going, uh, <laughs> you know, boy George fooled me. I, I did not know that that was Something not a woman. Something seems rotten in Denmark. I don't know what that, it is. That one but... got past me, but George Michael, he did not get past me at that moment. I, I was not fooled. Uh, I was all in on, on that. That was that's a great song. That's a banger. It is a great that's song. A banger. I, I, I think was going to say George Michael though, is a bang. He's a, he's a great artist. So I love him. So 
I will happily play Dominic Geddon every year and win. If George Michael sang Dominic the Donkey, I'd be all in. <laughs> now that would be a crossover event for this A century. whole different, whole different. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Elton John. Yeah. Yeah, if he could have sung that in his whispery voice, that would have been. Oh, and if a cool saxophone came in, it's it fine. Play it every. Doing the hee haw noises. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Speaking of saxophone, the waitresses Christmas wrapping another classic tune. It's a fine song. Yes. I I don't know that one. Yeah, you play you that one because that that's a good tune. Yeah, but, I mean, I have to admit, I think my my Christmas song. Uh, repertoire. Depth, it's, I'm not. It's not that strong. Like I, I, I think. It, I mean, I don't know. Like growing up here in Minneapolis, there was a. There's a, like the cool 108. Uh, they play about. There's about a 40 song rotation. And maybe. 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 Maybe it's 30. I don't know. But it's. But that is it. And there was like nothing. Beyond that, you weren't that getting I, Dominic the Donkey in Minneapolis. No, I don't think so. I don't remember ever hearing Dominic the Donkey. So, and then I, I remember hearing a few other kind of jams from my parents playing some Christmas album, but that's about it. I was pretty. So I, I've heard a lot of new Christmas songs in uh, the last few years that I've been more exposed to because my wife actually likes Christmas Christmas music she, she's like uh, she buys into the vault idea like okay it's Christmas time let's play some Christmas music so I do too but I have my own curated playlist right. to cover the fuller spectrum of emotion that comes up in the holidays for people as wow. adults what does that mean <laughs> well you got George Michael you it got... means you know like Christmas <laughs> 2017 for me wasn't all that fun, so I made a playlist to reflect okay, who, that. Is that and, how you know where to find the Glenn Danzig song? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I just search for that. So have you you had, know this yet, uh, this? Chad? Oh wait, I'll be quiet so this you can. Song I'm... Oh now up. Jeez. Oh. Yeah, see I, you now. I got it. It's just. Yeah. I don't know who did it. I don't know who sang this. The waitresses. Yeah, it's like it's if you do like Christmas trivia, it's it's always a question. (laughs) It's unfortunate that they're one. I mean, it's fortunate for them that they they had some other songs. Did they? What were their other hits? I'm curious because Chris could. I like the. I like this kind of. He could quickly look it up. Kind of new wave Christmas song sound. So, I mean, what better thing to have than as a Christmas hit? Right. And, oh my gosh! You get money every year. You just it just keeps rolling. It doesn't <laughs> die. The top three for the waitresses are Christmas, are Christmas wrapping, at... Christmas wrapping the single version, and then Christmas wrapping on something else. And then oh. comes the other song you would know, which is "I Know What Boys Like." That's the right. song that I really know. Are they the same song with just Christmas lyrics? Is that what that is? I feel like it's not any different. <laughs> it's uh, similar. That kind of talking, singing approach. Now, okay, it's four out of five is Christmas wrapping, Chris, on the top five <laughs> <laughs> versions of that. Yep. But again, well, as you're saying, good to have that. Uh... Yeah. They so, made their- Chad, what's your go-to? I really like the song. It's it makes me feel in the season. For Christmas. Yeah. What do you What do you go with? Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry singing Christmas music is great. So Springsteen's 
Santa Santa Claus, that thing is that's uh, a jam. I know it's rough, but boy, when you watch him play it though live, if you watch like a live, it's so cool. Like when he gets a crowd singing that song, well, it's so cool that he does that. And like, and like I watched the Saturday Night Live like Christmas special thing they do every year, and it was great. Like they ended it with him on SNL, and everybody's just shaking sleigh bells, and he's just rocking it out, and they're having they look like they're having fun. When you know? he's and singing just, anything, it just takes on more emotional weight. <laughs> does, and it's amazing that he can make that song. Santa Claus is coming to town. You're like, oh Jesus! I guess Santa Claus is coming to town. We better, we better get the factory running again. I don't know. And I've all heard right, that right. so many times, so I just, I have memorized all the little like when he talks to the band and all the little asides yeah. that he has. Yeah, let's organize this. So that's that's your kind of classic. I mean, know, older Christmas fave. Set yeah. your boat. So I like well that, and I like like I said, I like Chuck Berry like. Um, what's his big jam? The the John Lennon jam, Happy Xmas. That that song always gets me. I don't know why. So this is Christmas. That song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy if you try. Yeah, and then there's the classic kind of. I like some like Dean Martin kind of. The old crooners singing their stuff is always just pretty. Rat Pack. Yeah, and then I have the same kind of hatreds toward the. Um, that doesn't sound Christmassy at all. <laughs> no, there's that. What's the the song? Uh, the 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 icky rapey song. What is maybe, that? Maybe it's cold outside. Yeah, I'm just yeah. like, can we just let's just retire? Everybody knows this is a gross song. And then uh, the other one is the Santa coming down my chimney. Or what the what the fuck is that? Santa baby. Yeah, that song. It's horrible. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. It's like, it's I like, gotta go, guys. I'm I'm writing Santa coming down my chimney right it's now. So, it's so gross. <laughs> but it's like it's like is this innuendo? I don't know. And then it kind of slides in and out of innuendo. And I'm just like I don't. It's, it's yeah, sliding like, in and out of innuendo. Just just make it straight up innuendo. Don't don't try to mix them up. So I that song. Okay, goes, so, so Chad has covered his faves and and a couple more of his least favorite. Mike, what is your old school? go to one or two let's keep this tight keep it tight so what what do you define as old school just so i have a better idea of what that means uh previous like previous to say 19 the mid 90s i don't know okay reconstructing era you know (laughs) right (laughs) post-civil war but reconstruction yeah we're all of roughly the same generation so 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 i i think i have a a serious soft spot for the burl ives christmas classics from rudolph sure yeah the uh silver and gold and uh what's the other one he sings Uh, so much innuendo (laughs) uh, burl ives is good times i think that's a little bit more modern and something that hit my wheelhouse <laughs> is. I bet NASA are modern, Mike. He I said, said the words. He school. said the words Earl Ives and modern. <laughs> something we're, that's more modern. We're gonna I, cover modern in a second. No, Stick I'm saying to 80s. What is your classic. Okay. 80s. Okay. They, do they know it's Christmas? Which, Ooh. by all accounts, is a terrible song. It's, and. And, and, the mess- t- and the message, yeah, the message is kind of screwed. The message is worse every year. Like every time I listen to the words, I'm like, "This is awful. This is such an awful song." Do it's so bad. Heathen poor people yes, know it's, it's bad. Christmas. But in terms of <laughs> we're like, rich, right? 
Start just, singing to you about Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> well, those people like have a petition going, like, please stop playing this song. We <laughs> no, don't need the if, money. If the folks out there the money. listening have, if you do have Spotify, and you can look at the song on Spotify, and it'll play like the, it'll read the lyrics, but it'll also have facts behind the song. They just eviscerate it. <laughs> <laughs> they eviscerate the movement because most of the money went to some warlord or something. It's terrible. <laughs> It's like really bad, but in terms but of still like, your favorite, <laughs> is it, this is the most arg- This is the best argument for a vault song ever. Like it should never be played. But in yet. terms of a song that will like make me feel like, oh yeah, it's like Christmassy, like the fake part of Christmas. It's taking you back. To it just embodies that so much of that fake okay. Christmas, which sort of I'm like I'm I try to ride the line between. Like enjoying it just for the sake of itself, but then also I sort of ironically enjoying it as well and realizing like, man, this is terrible. And I think part of the reason that I enjoy that is because there's a Richard Cheese version of the song that is hilarious that I would recommend just the entire Richard Cheese Christmas album if you haven't heard it yet. But the Do They Know It's Christmas version by Richard Cheese is also fantastic. That was a very Generation X answer you gave (laughs) Right, you just. Like, I want it again, to be ironic, but not too ironic. Way but... to keep it tight. <laughs> what are we in hour three? All right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> I loved it. No, it's fantastic. Uh, I played my favorite uh, right off the top for you. I love what, that. Seven hours uh, ago, I don't remember that. <laughs> I love that Wall of Sound Christmas album. Um, I think it's just called Merry Christmas from. Anyway. It's the yeah. Phil Spector Christmas album, basically. Yeah, it's fantastic. That is fantastic. That was a lot tighter than mine. So, yeah, I mean, I have a lot because I, I genuinely enjoy Christmas music. What's that's another? Not, uh, sticking to classics. Um, well, there's um, my. I'm blanking on my guy's name right now because I'm tired. My favorite soul singer, Otis Redding. Yes. Uh, I love his version. Christmas Merry stuff. Christmas, baby. Yeah. The that's... Eagles. You're into the Eagles, right? Please come no. on Christmas. Eagles of death metal, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so those are, are kind of I, I actually uh, another one that I have a huge soft spot for is uh, Blue Christmas by Elvis. Yes. Yeah. Soft. I'm all in on that. Yep. All right. So now modern. You know, from my made-up-on-the-spot time period forward, what's a much more recent, uh, hopefully, like, you know, much more recent than mid-90s Christmas jam that, that you like? You know, what's funny is my son just asked me the same question. He's like, has there been any, like, important Christmas songs since Mariah Carey's yeah. big hit? Like, I have a theory about why this. Is he yeah, like, teen. Why is he, like, 45 already? I know. <laughs> is he writing for Pitchfork? What's going on? <laughs> He was so like, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's been a really good Christmas song since then. I don't think there's been a big hit. <laughs> okay. so, so yeah, I don't know. I, so I don't know. I had well, my theory about this because I think it was in a what's the name of that website? Uh, XCKD where they charted out all the popular Christmas songs, and it has to do with like the boomers. 
and their age range. And I think the reason that it kind of peaked again in the 90s is that that's when boomers kids were like in high school, possibly. Right. And there's, so there's like these two bumps of like all the Christmas music we listen to now. It's all this old stuff from when boomers were kids and newer stuff when their boomers kids were kids. And like, there's nothing else. I have a whole playlist that I listen to every year. That's full of lots of something else. Yeah. But you're you. Yeah, I am me. Thanks for noticing. Uh, so, <laughs> but here is the best answer. I think to this question, is it St. Vincent? It's pretty recent. No, it's not. Well, it's silence, so. Right, apparently. It was there for a moment, then it faded out. Just just quiet, sir. I'm trying not to blow you out so you complain again. Here, I'll click it up one. Snowflake, you know you're the only one. Of course, it's not Mike's song. He's like, it's too loud. Craig Dominic. <laughs> Where's Dominic the donkey? Where, yeah. What is this? This is the Sia Christmas album, and uh, it's great all the way through. Okay, I have three picks. Okay. So uh, these are kind of hipster, but the low Christmas album is really good. Yeah, I got one of the low ones on super my Super depressing, but super good. Mm -hmm. It's got a great mood to it. Yep. The new, there's a new album by Chisol. I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it correctly, but it's awesome. Uh, the Message of Christmas. Um, he's fantastic, and he's an incredible musician. He's French, and it's a really cool album. And then uh, the Bob Dylan Christmas album he did a few years ago was fantastic. Yep. yep. It's really good. So those three I really I do actually like a lot. So this is the low album. Yeah. That's a beautiful song. So maybe because it's it's sort of meta to the fact that I love Otis Redding. I love the Otis Redding uh, <clears throat> Christmas stuff. But there's a uh, song by I always I never know if it's Ockerville or Okerville River because I never mm -hmm. hear anybody say their name out loud. And the song's title is Listening to Otis Redding at Home During Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Catchy. And uh, it's great. It's like uh, perfectly captures that feeling of when you like, or you know, maybe some people have lived this, some people haven't. But like when you've been away from home for several years and it's not really Christmas anymore when you come back and you're like sitting in your old room and it's just it's not the same thing anymore. And you're thinking more about like past times and old right. girlfriends and Christmas being kind of melancholy. That's this song right here. Yeah. And I, it's, I really, really like it. Yeah, that's good. Again, for, you know, my mix, which tries to encapsulate all the moods of Christmas. Yes. <laughs> One other thing that I have to bring up for Christmas. Yeah. I think it's a little lost gem, but it's Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas special. <laughs> you just made friends of mine very happy. Oh, my God. This. And then but, but what's funny is the thing that makes me think of Christmas is the thing when they when they do the song River Bottom Nightmare Band. <laughs> <laughs> when Chuck would come out. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, like just shit on everybody because he's Chuck. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, he's such a mean little puppet, but he rides this like snow blow or snow pl- uh, was it snowmobile with like lightning shooting out. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> but but man, that's a great that that thing warms my heart completely. This is another uh, oh, stone cold new classic for Christmas. DMX? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Wow. Well, why not? <laughs> sure. Why not? You Let's think do this it. is a game? <laughs> That alone gets me every single time I play it. No matter how many times I've heard it, as soon as he throws the you think this is a game <laughs> off the red nets right. Why not? Uh, um, I had something else I was going to recommend when we were talking new. Oh, uh, Home Alone 2. Get out. Spelled just like the movie. Uh, by the Staves is a is a great modern Christmas song. Ooh. I dearly love the Staves to start with. But, you know, okay. Give me the choir. Right. Three people. That's like three. I think they're all sisters singing harmony. They're good. It's a slow burn. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes Michael's I think rendered his verdict. Music only serves now one purpose in Mike's there. life. It, music always has to pump you up for, for something. That's that's the purpose. It's always got to be pumping you up. Can we plug in these guitars? Not uh, sure. Some eighties compression on them. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, those are my modern recommendations. Mike, did you make any modern recommendations? I did not. I don't know if I have any that are in the same category as as modern. Um, You want to talk Mandalorian now? No. (laughs) Pearl Jam has a good Christmas song. There it is. There it is. Uh, It's Let Me Sleep. Yes. Oh, I know that song. That's a good song, actually. Yeah, that's on my list. That's a good tune. Um, and we saw them perform that near a few weeks before Christmas in Seattle a few years ago, which was amazing. Because it's not a song they play very often. So they put it in the vault, is what you're saying? I think it goes into the vault a lot, yes. Good callback. Well played, sir. <laughs> Mike's recommendation for modern Christmas music is the Cascade Christmas album. What's that? <laughs> it is, to my knowledge, the only Christmas album by uh, like dance producer that exists. There probably is something else out there that I just don't know about, but this is the only one I know. Moby had to have done a Christmas album, right? It does seem like a Moby thing to do. I was looking at the Christmas list that I just put together on Spotify, and I'm trying to find the most modern songs. I think that Pearl Jam one is probably at the top of the list. Like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, but that's going back a ways. That's not modern. That's probably 20, 30 years old. Christmas All Over Again, that's a good song. Yeah, I don't have much in the way of new music. 
Casey Musgraves did a Christmas special. It's got all kinds of people on it, like Lana Del Rey. Anybody? Okay. You ever? Maybe. Yeah. I'd hear it. A lot of these things, though, I just put on in the background. Like, we just have them on, like, when we're making dinner. Or, like, we don't... I don't really pay a lot of attention to it, because it, it just ends up, like... I'm like, oh, it's Chris, Christmas music, so I'll just not listen to it later. So I don't really hold on to it at all. I just kind of just kind of comes in and goes out. There's not really things <laughs> that I that I hold on to or want to keep in my own rotation of music. So yeah, you know, I I genuinely look forward to breaking out this playlist, and of course I put it on when we're like decorating the tree and when we, you know go to look at Christmas lights and when I have Mike over to annoy him for like a Christmas party and he yells at me to play Dominic the donkey and <laughs> I, I wasn't yelling I got it I got assertive which for me is is loud but for other people you wouldn't think that is loud oh the whole party was highly amused by you and I but uh... I, I did I did plant a flag about like East Coast Jersey Christmas songs, people are like, "What?" And that was sort of all the encouragement I needed. Too many drinks in to the evening. Yep. <laughs> Where I was talking about uh, not only Dominic the Donkey but Bruce Springsteen, which we discussed earlier. Also, the John Bon Jovi classic, "Please Come Home for Christmas," and the the life changing video with Cindy Crawford that goes along with that song. So. <clears throat> It all comes back to that. It all comes back to that. <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't seen that video, go find it on YouTube and take a gander. This is a good time for me to plug that I'm going to stream my some of my Christmas favorites on Sunday. It is. We should probably wrap it up. <laughs> Join me on twitch.tv backslash booties for my favorite Christmas songs on Sunday, whatever day that is. The 19th, the 20th. What is that? Uh, today's the seventeenth, so that was so the twentieth. Twentieth would be Sunday. All right, there you go. To all our all our loyal listeners, what time of day? You know, I haven't decided. They'll have to come and find me. Well, that's not helpful at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the truth. I can't see Chad's expression because he's shrouded in darkness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm out so uh what are we doing now I'm talking mandalorian <laughs> are you even watching chad or are you out no no I'm you're out, out? no I, I just there's too much there's too much dude i'm overwhelmed by all of it it just i just i it's my overwhelming feeling is when I when all of this content comes out and it's all in the same universe. Like there's like three universes now, and I'm just I want a new universe. Yeah, they're That's not going to give you I that. Just, 
I well, the, they they need to try harder because I'm I'm bored of it, or I'm, I want someone else to do it. Then I don't want them to give it to me. I want someone else to come up with it because I feel kind of bad for my kids. You know, like we got that treat of getting new things, and then they're just like stuck with like here's Batman again, or here's Spider Man again, or here's more Star Wars, and I'm just like kind of I look at them and they're like I don't we don't care. <laughs> you know, it's uh, mostly for us, and I just I kind of that kind of make it just kind of makes me sad actually the the retreading of all of these things that we love but i don't know it's just it just reminds me of like the eagles reuniting and i'm just like that's just sad you know the <laughs> that, first time that hurts chad that hurts well i'm just it is <laughs> the truth that's how i feel so i don't want to like you know i know people love these things and they want that content and it's i don't want to like poop on that you know like people can love that and that's you what just compared their money. to the eagles you just pooped all over it that's <laughs> that's kind of what it is though hell I, freezes I'm over mandalorian yeah. season three right i mean that's what it kind of feels like i mean it's the feeling i got the same feeling when i went to the damn pixies reunion 10 years ago and i was like man i'm at a fucking eagles concert in like 1992 you know and like i'm just trying to capture something that isn't there anymore and i need to let it go you know i just need because they didn't care the pixies didn't care they're like we're cashing a check you know and it was so obvious it's like when siri and i went to see arcade fire and the breeders opened and yeah, you just, know we were we we're up super close and the curtain came up and we we're like oh it's yeah. kind of like it's like you know your yeah. mom friend is playing rock and roll right yeah, like, i don't know you know maybe it's time to hang it up and maybe look for some new talent you know maybe develop something new so I, I, I may have changed it in my mind but i feel like they were just like where in sweatpants or like just, just, <laughs> just give me my check <laughs> i don't it was have... like pin drop quiet in there there was like people like 10 rows back having conversations with them like hey yeah. you remember when you lived by so-and-so they're like yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah and i've had to i've had to resist some of that stuff but it's i don't know it's interesting having you know i have teenagers now and i'm just I really struggle. I don't want to push those things on them at all because they're just, hey, they don't get, they're not very interested. Like they're kind of interested, but I'm like, are you interested for you? Or are you interested for, because, you know, it's because I'm interested and I'm always trying to figure that out with them. You know, if they, you know, should I really be, I mean, I think they like that I have a passion for things and I will watch things and I love to encourage them. And, and we all did actually, we all watched the first season of The Mandalorian, but I got to say like, reading all the posts that I'm seeing from from you guys and from others. I'm just like, I'm, I don't know if this is worth investing my Mike's, time. Mike's grumpy. Just prompt. turn your brain off and, and enjoy it. For no, it I, I, I do think that this, and it actually makes more sense after that investor day presentation where Disney had this four hour presentation that was streamed live of, all the things that are coming out through Disney in the coming years for their investors. 34 Eagles concerts. Yes. <laughs> exactly. For their investors. And, like, oh, man. And all, and they said, like, we're having two, 10 new Star Wars shows. And some of the Star Wars shows directly branch off characters that were in season two of The Mandalorian. So it was clear, and it felt this way even before they announced this, that they're just trying to cram in intellectual property from existing stories 
into the Mandalorian sort of to, for fan service, but now it's like not only for fan service, but to create new shows. So like this, yeah. there's this character, Ahsoka, who never appeared in the films, uh, appeared in the Clone Wars, has you know certainly been prominent in like books and other media, and then was in the show Rebels. And then they, you know, brought on an actress to, she was in one episode of The Mandalorian season two, and now she's going to get her own show. So it's like, okay, well, did that really serve the Mandalorian story? Not really. It's kind of a cool fan moment if you're into all the lore about Star Wars. Grant liked it. But it doesn't (laughs) really add anything to the Mandalorian story. It just happens to be a way to jump off on this other show. And they've done that a bunch of times this season where I felt like season one was more they were trying to build their own show, like a new thing. It felt yeah. it felt new, like the Mandalorian had these other characters and there were nods and winks and some of episodes were stronger than others to like the Star Wars universe and stuff that existed. But it seemed like they were trying to build a new thing. And this season has been focused on cramming as much stuff that fans would know into the episodes and it's like they're teasing Thrawn and teasing these other characters from rebels. And yeah, like I watch those shows and it's like, okay, they're fine, but like, I don't need more of that. Like go do something new. And right. And they're not They're They're no. clearly not. No, they're clearly following Which, the money. I mean, they got algorithms and they got all of you, everybody pegged, you know, it's like we can see where the, fan interest is based on Facebook clicks and everything else that they're getting. They have so much data on everybody. They can just, they just know, okay, if we make a show about this person, we're going to generate 3 million people are going to be interested in this. So that equals $150 million. And you know, they, they can, they, they have it. So, I mean, it's, and it, that's what that, was pretty jarring about me. the investor call. Cause I watched yeah. early portions of it. And it's all about numbers. It's like, we expect this many subscribers and here's how many billions of dollars we'll get. And it was just pretty clear that like, you know, it's a pandemic. People are staying home and watching television. And if they're doing that, then by God, they're going to have to get Disney plus because we're going to put out so much content. You're not going to have a choice. Yeah. And And they've got it. I mean, they've done it. Yeah. And I mean, they do it well. I just, the stuff that they're doing for Marvel in terms of building off characters I guess I don't want Star Wars to be that. Like, go go be something else. And I, I, I enjoy it. I watch it. The next episode of The Mandalorian comes out tomorrow. I'm sure I'll watch it and probably find some entertainment in it. And at the same time, it's like I wish that show was something different. Yeah. And I wish they would... Because the Star Wars is such a big universe. Like, go... It seems like there could be any number of genres or types of topics they could cover in that universe, but they just do the same thing over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Or why does it have to be in a universe, I guess? I mean, you could invest, you know, there's a lot of new filmmakers and new artists out there that are come up with really great ideas that need investment. And it's like, well, can we peel it? You know, I don't know. I, I find that to be a little short sighted. I mean, Disney is a mega corporation now and they they invest in sure things and they want they don't want to set precedent. They want to just they're you know, they're just they just want to follow whatever wherever the money is leading right now. And it's it's a bit unfortunate because, you know, it's really tough for artists and for filmmakers and for developers to create new universes. And I don't know, I, I 
it's a bit disappointing for me that they're just continuing to insist on investing in those places when there's so many talented people and so many more stories and so many more. I mean, this, we live in a place that has so many universes, you know, our world has, you know, whatever. There's so many different stories that can be told. And I just want, I want, I want to advocate for different things to happen. So I can't, so for me, it's hard for me to like plunk down cash to, keep supporting that or reinforcing that, you know? So even well, though I, mean, I want to get, yeah, I'm sorry. It's, it's sort of analogous to, you know, what's happened with video games. Like they've gotten so expensive to make that developers don't take big risks very often. They keep, they give you Madden 47 instead right. of, <laughs> instead right. of a new property because it feels risky and there's just, you know, gotten to be such a high dollar amount required yeah. to make it. And, you know, f- filmmaking isn't necessarily have to be like that, but, um, you know, but it, there still is to a certain level if somebody like Disney is going to green light it and give it money and put in the money to promote it and all of that. Like they, they yeah. do view it like an investment and this, therefore it becomes problematic to get them to take particularly large risks with anything. So, yeah. I think that's a good analogy, though, um, with sports, because sports, you know, it there's been this long, there's hundreds of year histories now, hundred like soccer, football, all these sports have been going on for a hundred years now, and they're, it's the same thing every year, essentially, but it has a different outcome, you know, and I think the same thing is happening with these huge franchises. It's basically sports now. You just get a different season. There's a new season every year that'll be a different outcome, a different thing, a different look, maybe a little different story, but it's going to be the same thing every year. You know, you're going to have the same stars, the same, you know, you're going to have, you know, Derek Jeter's going to show up. Same thing with like Boba Fett. He's showing up again. Great, everybody. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's the same thing. You're going to see that over and over and over until that they have to retire that thing, but they're going to keep trotting that, that, that character or that, athlete out onto the field until they can't play anymore so and i think that's a really good analogy and that's i think that's kind of what happened with with a lot of this kind of entertainment and uh, i don't know for sports it's the difference is that it's 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 not scripted and it's raw and it there is a bit of surprise to it and with some of these story things i think that does kind of the stories do get repeated and Judging from what you've been, what you, I don't know, from, I'm just reading your Twitter feed, Michael, but your <laughs> reviews on The Mandalorian, it feels like that's kind of, there's some things that just seem very derivative in The Mandalorian that just doesn't seem super engaging, but I, maybe I, misinterpreting. No, that, I, I mean, I found the, and Chris and I even talked about it in an earlier episode, like, we thought the first episode of the season was actually really well done, and they called back to things that were, from Star Wars video games in the past and they sort of tease that oh is that Boba Fett and it's like yeah that's kind of interesting but then they sort of force fed this return of Boba Fett and it it just felt like somebody playing with action figures in a sandlot and they Mm -hmm. filmed it it's like oh here's Boba Fett beating the crap out of about 30 stormtroopers like (laughs) okay that's kind of cool but at the same time it's like wait why would Boba Fett be doing that? Like, if if that's the same character from Empire and Jedi, 
and he got out of the Sarlacc pit, like, would he just be hanging around that planet for a few years? Why would he team up with this other person? Why would he act as a chauffeur, chauffeur for the Mandalorian now and just be this really not character with any type of agency, but just right. doing whatever the Mandalorian needs to get him from X, you know, A to B. It's like one of those shows, and Chris always says, like, don't ask questions, just enjoy it for the <laughs> entertainment, which is fine, and I can do that. And it's like, I, yeah. I get the entertainment level. And at the same time, it's just, I, I wish... And I think I've been spoiled from other television shows that have really pushed boundaries and had really interesting character development. And, like, you could do that within a Star Wars universe instead of just playing the hits and like, yeah. Hey, here's Ahsoka. Here's Bo-Katan. Here's yeah. Boba Fett. Hey, we're teasing Thrawn or maybe, yeah. maybe Luke will show up. It's like, eh, yeah. I don't, it doesn't need to do that, but it, maybe that's what people want. And they're just going to give people what they want. And I think for me, I, I think my attitude as a fan of star Wars in general <clears throat> changed after the last movie because the last movie was so cynical and so mm -hmm. so bad that it not according to that guy sitting next to me not according to him but but to <laughs> me was right. <laughs> it was such a bad film for so many different reasons that it also kind of challenged like wait who's in charge of this universe now and what are they doing and it all does seem very, very corporate. Right. And hey. I mean, you couldn't watch that investor day thing and not think that. And I mean, uh, it's, yeah. it was in your face thrown like, Hey, here's what you want. We're going to give it to you. It's, it's a character from rogue one and we're going to have a show about him. It's two shows that are spinning off from the Mandalorian. It's a cartoon from the Clone Wars that you've seen before. It's but Lando. at the same time... It's Lando, you... which, hey, that could be cool. But again, it's like nothing new, really. No. You've compared it with the Marvel Universe, though, saying, like, why can't they have... And it's the same company. Like, it's just one has been handled yeah. in a way that you like, and one has been handled in a way that you... I mean, it's still the same company and the same kind of having a huge plan, and it's done very calculatingly of, like, you know... It's not like they're planning the Marvel Universe is like, this is going to be like the best story. They're also planning it like this is what's going to make tons of money. Yeah, I do wish. I mean, I have two two comments. So one is adjacent. One is completely not adjacent. So. All right. Um, one, I wish that Disney would invest like they have the Pixar universe we'll say, but the, those movies aren't related, but they use the same crews to develop new and completely different universes and stories. And I love that idea of putting intellectual um, talent toward doing that. And that I think is such a great model. And I would love to see more of that rather than this magnificent investment. I know they make money hand over fist in these Marvel and star Wars universes, but it'd be so great to see more investment in those other storytelling and story veins. Just be also for like sake of diversity, also just for more stories that are told that are you know don't orient in these kind of not diverse areas. Second, 
I was doing research on Boba Fett today because Boba Fett, R.I.P. What was his name? He died. Jeremy Bullock. Original, Jeremy Bullock. So I, I was Shared like, I went down the rabbit hole once. Yeah, I went down there. I saw that. I went down a rabbit hole. I'm like, oh my god, I didn't know there was like a. I didn't even. What's funny is like it didn't even occur to me that a dude was actually in the Boba Fett costume. <laughs> you know, I'm like that was just Boba Fett. You right. know, like I didn't really ever equate that there was an actor in there. And then I'm learning like, oh, there's a different guy who voiced him. And I went down this rabbit hole and I started reading through all the Boba Fett stuff. But then I got to a point where I'm reading through and it kind of gave the history of Boba Fett. And it got to the point where he got in an argument about whether or not they should freeze Han Solo and Carbonite. And then I started thinking, why did Darth Vader need to freeze Luke Skywalker and Carbonite. It'd be easier to transport to the Emperor in theory. Why, though? That doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. <laughs> well, what is he going to do? Kill him? I think they no. wanted to keep him alive. Just incapacitate he, him? He transported him to the Emperor off of Endor with a couple of handcuffs? Like... Well, but Luke was willing then. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I just was kind of like, I was like, I started thinking about it. I was like, why did he need to do that? I wasn't sure what what the point was. And if he really thought that Luke, what, what, couldn't Luke just melt it off with the force? I wasn't sure how this was going to work. Like, I, I started thinking about Darth Vader's plan and it felt thin. Much thinner than I ever had thought. Well, imagined. there's a lot of You stuff. have just basically, in your own way, encapsulated what Mike spends every week doing about <laughs> Star Wars. No, I mean, I, I, and I think it's, you could say thin or, or flimsy. But if you start asking questions, like I was doing a few minutes ago, of like, wait, why would Boba Fett just be teaming up with these people? Right. Like, that doesn't make really make that much sense. And he barely talks. Like, he's yeah. just this, like, stoic warrior guy now. Like, wait, what? And I watch it with my son and stuff some, you know, metaphorical popcorn in my face and then move on with my day. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. It was just funny to me. <laughs> I'd never thought that deeply about it. I had always just accepted it from the age of four when I saw Empire Strikes Back on. Like, right. oh, yeah, of course, he just needs to freeze him in carbonate. That's right. what they should do. And I'm like, and I was like, wait, why did Darth Vader need to do that? I don't, I wasn't sure. But maybe, maybe Luke had enough force that he could unlock the handcuffs. I don't know. But maybe he did need to get him in the, into the carbonate. But then I was like, how's he going to get Luke to stand still long enough to be in the carbonate? It wasn't happening. It made a scene that looked super sweet right. on it camera. Was awesome. That's I mean, it that's the thing. It was right. freaking awesome. Yeah. It was completely believable in the moment. But I was like, was he was his plan to knock him out? My my favorite this week is like, wait, if the Mandalorian always has to have his mask on, why is he curating his mustache? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, how does that make sense? I was like, uh, he should be just a bearded. <laughs> right. It's just a mess under there. Just yeah. should look like uh, <laughs> uh, like a ZZ Top member or something. No, I'm thinking of rolls. the mugshot of what's his face uh nick uh oh, they said gary Busey or something like that like, gary Busey works too but yeah, yeah nick Zach galifianakis after yep. a few days you exactly know, it's like, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit <laughs> anyway sorry that was that was a rabbit hole i went down no, today no i think uh, no it perfectly illustrated a point that i've been trying to get across for weeks <laughs> just, just prompted by this this <laughs> By this mix of Mandalorian talk and your Twitter feeds, I, and I'm just like, thinking I think about it. They're like, trying to correct in terms of having things planned out and mapped out. I think they're trying to correct from 
the movies, which were clearly a mess creatively. Um, yeah. I like the first two. We're not talking about those again. No, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> they clearly didn't have a unified vision of where they were going. But now with these shows, it seems like everything's kind of mapped out and they've used the Mandalorian season two as a way to jump off other shows. And then those shows will go and then probably other things will jump out of that. They have this whole new book line about a timeline. Yeah. Timeline that's thousands of years before the prequels. So Mm -hmm. that's supposed to be this new ground to introduce new characters and stories, but I just have a feeling it's going to be the same Jedi Sith. Like it'll be the same thing. It'll just be different characters. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I'd love to see a Star Wars show without any type of force people. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I thought when rebels came out, I'm like, Oh, that'll be cool. It'll be a show about the rebellion and pilots and smugglers. And it's like, Nope, it's another Jedi Padawan apprentice story. And <laughs> different names for the characters and there's people who love those shows so i don't know and well that's, and that's they you know, they're okay they spend their money and that's how they want to spend their money and i have no problem with that so but i just won't spend my money on it that's all so i don't know i've been reading moby dick this last like <laughs> <laughs> i've tried to read it like four times i've never been able to finish it so i've been determined to finish it this in the quarantine so i started again and i'm almost finished with it and i'm just reading it and i'm like this book is unfilmable even though they did try to film it. i think john houston did a film in the 50s i never saw it but but i love it you know it's fantastic but it's like this great single tale but no one's writing moby dick too you know it's like it's just i love that idea of more singular stories that just if kind of let moby the imagination dick had been a hit out. somebody would have written moby right. dick too <laughs> right everybody hated moby dick when he wrote it so maybe that was maybe that's what you need to have so i just want to have more of those things out in the universe a little bit you know i just that that idea of Less the the commercialization and the idea of investors meetings with for things that are beloved or for stories or for, you know, for things that, you know, for my kids or for other kids. I just I find that a bit disappointing because I think that was what made it so great for us. It wasn't that was just a pure vision by George Lucas, you know, of just imagination and Spielberg and all those greats that we grew up with. And I just feel like our kids there's some people that are still doing that a little bit, but it always seems to be more geared for adults than it does for kids. And I just really want someone to cook up a great new thing for Harry Potter is the last thing that really was for kids. And it was awesome. I didn't like it that much. I was always like, oh, I don't get it. But, you know, I was like, it's kind of feels kind of childish. But I was also but I also really welcomed that because you're right. I'm not supposed to get it. But my kids got it and they loved it. And. I wish there would be another thing like that that would pop up. You know, I don't know if Spy Kids quite did it. Or, uh, <laughs> this whole time you've been talking. Else? I don't know I've, if there's any other, like, universe that has been created, right? I mean, is there anything? Hunger Games a few years ago, but that was, like, young adult. Yeah, that didn't quite hit the same vein as Star Wars. You know, I don't think I was going to take my six-year-old to see the Hunger Games. I've just been trying to remember what the tagline was for Gandhi 2 and, and <laughs> ever since we said Moby Dick 2. That's just what my brain is trying to come up with is what is that tagline for the Gandhi 2 Gandhi and two. UHF. I like this idea of the, yeah. um, the 
Let's it's, try to come up with the impossible sequels. <laughs> it's something like Gandhi 2, but this time he's pissed. But that's not exactly. quite it. Not quite. Well, he was, pissed and, he was pissed originally. I mean, he, he took a couple licks, but maybe that's Ishtar. Is Ishtar Gandhi? I don't know if that's – where am I going with that? <laughs> Listen to three 40-year-old white guys talk about <laughs> their childhood. <laughs> Well, that that is what we created. That, that's our brand. That's yeah. the podcast, right? So we're, I'm ruining childhood. That's why I'm here in the dark. So uh, you know, I did shout out this podcast on uh, on my stream the other day. Yeah, and that uh, a few people have listened. Oh no! And the feedback <laughs> I've gotten is confusion. Confusion. <laughs> yeah. Go How on. Just basically, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> How old are they? Uh, I don't know in all cases, but the one person is very much our age, but just coming from a very different experience. So uh, some of our touchstones are apparently not their touchstones. <laughs> Fair. They're not talking about like Prayer of the Roller Boys and Beastmaster. <laughs> well, I even started them on the Yacht Rock. I thought that was a safe, safe place to begin. But, uh, but if they're not familiar with Yacht Rock, then that would right. Be... That was like not their childhood at all. Their parents did not listen to Yacht Rock, so they're like, <sighs> "What are you talking about?" I mean, they had stable childhoods with parents who didn't get divorced and didn't listen to Yacht Rock. Come on, <laughs> like <laughs> wear white pants and do cocaine. Yeah, I mean, come on, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's a shame. Well, I think our uh, our impossible sequels podcast will really get them. Will really draw them in. Yeah, so. everyone yeah. start working on that. Create a list. But I like we'll, that. we'll have to do this again. So happy holidays, fellas. Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays. Where, uh, Chad? Well, since you're a guest, where where can folks find you on the social media if if they want to? What is my, am I Gil, Gil Maniacal? Is that my Twitter? I don't even know yes. what my Twitter handle is. I think that's it. So Gil Maniacal at Twitter.com. Is that how you say it? Is that at Twitter.com? What the fuck is it? Uh, <laughs> is that, is it, is it at, uh, on the Twitter. I just added like an extra 30 seconds to my editing. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a 45-year-old man on the Twitter. I'm like Dion Warwick here, so I'm fine. I'm just getting on, and yeah, you can find me there though. Um, <laughs> that's my Facebooky Twitter thing. So I well, sell them. Give them MySpace handle do, you want to pitch or anything like that. Oh God, MySpace is all. Remember, MySpace is like all centered around like music. Like yeah. what? What it's a freaking yeah! That's like heaven compared to social media these days. Yeah, it was a mess, too. They weren't monetizing everybody. They were just like, I don't know what this is. Put your shit up. Play some music. <laughs> Tune into Bootius at some point in time on Sunday on Twitch. Yeah, twitch.tv backslash Bootius sometime on Sunday. If you follow me, you get alerts when I go on. It's not that hard. Wow. Putting is the onus on the viewer. Yep. That's, is that at Twitter.com? That's or a Twitter? good way to treat your fans. Twitter? You'll figure it out. <laughs> That's like grandpa's over there. Is that, what is it? The Twitcher? Uh, the Twitcher? <laughs> <laughs> Where can they find you, Mike? Uh, sadly, they can probably find me on Twitter too often at the IDM, 
where uh, I'm most often shouting into a void. (laughs) (laughs) Come come get your grumpy Mandalorian takes. I feel like they're nuanced, but maybe not. I mean, they can be grumpy and nuanced. I mean, that's that's fair. (laughs) I think they are. I get I like them. Keep them coming. (laughs) I find them on on the tweet. So, you know, Uh, Twitters. You guys should see the sweater I'm wearing, though. Everybody's like, it's too modern for you, Dad. So somebody gave it to me. It's got a... It's well, like wool on the, you're shrouded in darkness. I can't see anything. It's wool on the outside, but it's got like a leopard print on the inside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so wow. I'm modern. Pudding over there? You can... I'm, yeah, I got a lot of pudding in my house, so... Business in the front, party in the back. Did we say pudding? Were we talking about what? How did pudding get into this? Okay, <laughs> it, it's an old bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's a callback. Okay, well, I'll just follow my teeth then, and we'll move on. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we'll have another episode before the end of the year, so we might be what? catching you, it. You, you busy these next two weeks? I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe we'll be back before a year-end uh, throwdown. All right. We'll see. It, more Mandalorian talk. We'll talk. We'll break down scene by scene oh. the finale. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. I'll watch it. Can we break down The Crown? I watched that because I'm 45. Not. I haven't seen it. I am watching The Boys, which is really I'm a interesting. Man. Okay. <laughs> it's like a 10 minute outro. Have fun with the editing, Allison. No, leave that in there. I might cut it off like 10 minutes ago. Oh, make that space longer. Yeah. Really let that hang. We're like, it's like, oh, we're only halfway through the Irishman. We're going to go another another hour. (laughs) Go. Just let that hang. It's like De Niro stopping that guy. It just takes a long time. He's just moving real slow. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll be back at some point. Thank you all all for your patience and uh, until next time, courage. (laughs) Courage.